Welcome to the First Lady of Nutrition podcast. Anne Louise Gittleman is a New York Times bestselling author of over 37 books on diet, detox, the environment, and women's health. For more than four decades, Anne Louise has been regarded as a leading voice and visionary in nutrition and who has fearlessly stood on the front lines of holistic and integrative medicine. For more information, check out annlouise.com. That's A-N-N-L-O-U-I-S-E dot com. And here's your host, Anne Louise Gittleman. Hi, my friends. So today I have Dr. Jack Wolfson, the paleocardiologist with me. He's a natural heart doctor that's been traditionally trained and people from all over the world consult with him. Dr. Jack Wolfson, why does America need a paleocardiologist like you? I wish you were my doctor, by the way. Well, uh, and Louise, thank you so much for again for having me on. And uh, I'd be more than uh, honored to to help you with any uh, health testing that I can help. And 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 your, uh, you know, again, our goal here at Natural Heart Doctor is the 100 year heart, and that's what people, you know, we help people achieve. And you know, the paleocardiologist book was 2015, and I was talking about paleo nutrition for for quite a while, and a lot of people were calling me the paleocardiologist, but. My focus really is uh, uh, what's called natural heart doctor, the, the home of the 100 year heart and helping people achieve that whole, uh, the goal with, uh, you know, the eat well, live well and think well philosophy. But you have very traditional training. So what was the turning point in your life and career, Dr. Wolfson? Uh, <clears throat> yeah, you know, like my father before me, he was a cardiologist. I became a cardiologist. He was my hero. I marched in his footsteps. And then in his late fifties, he became sick. And the Mayo Clinic uh, eventually diagnoses him with something similar to Parkinson's called PSP, progressive supranuclear palsy. It's what the old actor Dudley Moore died from. So as my father was sick and at the Mayo Clinic, they give us the diagnosis and they say, we have no idea why he has this. There is no treatment for this and he will be dead within three years. Simultaneously, I met the woman who would become my wife. And she oh, is. Oh, I love it! I love it. She is, is that is that Heather? That that is Heather. And and you know um you know at that time I was three years into the biggest cardiology group in the state of Arizona, forty cardiologists. I would eventually become a senior partner over there. Sixteen years as a hospital-based physician, and I met her, and I was introduced to her. And she said, I'll tell you exactly why your father's sick and dying. It's because he eats like crap. He lives like crap. He, he does not take care of himself. He's around the hospital-based procedures and radiation and all the chemicals uh, and so much of the items that you talk about in your book, Zapped, about all the, about all the wireless communication radiation and all the man-made EMF just destroys people's bodies and brains. So again, the Mayo Clinic has no reason why my father is sick. And here's this DC doctor of chiropractic giving me all the reasons. And ultimately she says, if you want to avoid becoming like your father and you really want to help people instead of making them worse, you too will become a DC. And I said, wait a second, you want me to become a DC doctor of chiropractic? Like I just finished 10 years of medical training to become a cardiologist. And she said, no, not a DC doctor of chiropractic. You need to become a DC doctor of cause. Wow. I love that doctor of cause. 
So how do you find the cause? Cardiovascular disease is still the number one killer. Am I correct, Dr. Wolfson? No, you're, you're absolutely correct. And despite all of the fallacies and all of the billions and billions of money spent on cardiovascular uh, pharmacology, you know, the, the drugs of, that the cardiologists use, the procedures that we use, we are really not making a dent. The only thing that's really made a dent as far as cardiovascular survival really is the ability to do uh, you know, uh, CPR and defibrillation. If there's anything, that's really been it. It certainly has not been the pharmaceuticals uh, and, uh, you know, again, the pharmaceutical fallacy is one of those things that my wife just blurted out as a talking point. But again, going back into the literature with a more critical eye than what you would normally get from the education from the pharmacy, you know, pharmaceutical system and from the pharmaceutical drug reps. Um, uh, that's where I would start to change all that. And, and I guess to answer your question, how do we become doctors of cause? That's where, again, we get back into the things you've been teaching us for, for over 30 years, eat well, live well, think well. And as we do all those things and we do the most advanced testing in the world, and then we can use evidence-based supplements to supplement that healthy lifestyle. And with that, that's how we get to the 100-year heart. We know conventional doesn't get us there. Conventional gets men on average to 78. I think we can do a lot better. I don't disagree. But if I were to become your patient, and I'm perfectly serious about this, what would I do? What kind of tests are different that you do than a traditional cardiologist? Oh, it's, it's, it's markedly different. No, again, I mean, I know you've been in the natural space for, you know, for 40 plus years. And, uh, you know, so again, the stuff that, you know, the most, most cardiologists run the 1970s testing, right? Total cholesterol, LDLs, yes. HDLs, yes, yes, yes. all the same BS rhetoric about, you know, cholesterol's bad. And, you know, there's, there's the bad LDLs and the good HDLs. It's such it's such misguided, misled information that it's not a fault of the cardiologist. That's just how, you know, we're brainwashed from day one. But, you know, again, some of the most advanced testing we do, you know, particle numbers, particle sizes, uh, several different markers of inflammation and oxidative stress. We get into things like homocysteine, a genetic marker, and I'm not a big fan of genetics, but one uh, test in particular is called LP, uh, little a, that's a very important marker. And then of course, all all the intracellular vitamins and minerals. We know, for example, that vitamin K2 is critical to build strong bones and keep calcium in the bones and out of the arteries. So what is someone's intracellular K2 level? Let's check it out by blood. What are your intracellular glutathione levels? Everyone is talking about glutathione and how important of a molecule it is for detoxification, for as the body's natural chelator antioxidant. Uh, people with the highest levels of glutathione by far have a markedly lower risk of cardiovascular disease. So again, what are the levels? What are the levels of CoQ10? What are the levels of uh, omega-3s? Uh, omega-3 from seafood uh, is, is, in my mind, the healthiest food and most important food on the planet. People with the highest levels of omega-3, lowest risk of everything. What are your levels? 
So those are some of the things. And then ultimately also we get into, you know, the, the leaky gut testing. We do get into some SIBO testing. Uh, really the leaky gut stuff helps to prove to people that they do have gluten sensitivity, gluten intolerance, wheat intolerance and sensitivity. And then we do what's called the triple toxin test. We look for toxic metals. We look for over 30 different environmental molds, which I believe is a 21st century crisis. And then 40 different environmental toxins, including many different pesticides. And I'll finish this thought up that although there's so much debate in the about nutrition, if we could all agree to go organic and to get the chemicals and pesticides out of our food, we're going to go a long way towards saving our health and that of the animals and that of the entire planet. Amen. And what about the ketogenic diet? Is that important in your routine? I know you're a paleolithic expert, but what about keto? Well, you know, I, I think that, you know, again, like paleo really means hunter gatherer and it means the foods that our ancestors have been consuming for millions of years, according to the anthropologists, paleontologists, archeologists. And ultimately, if we watch some of these survival shows on television today, alone, naked and afraid, they're hunter gatherers. So we start off, I believe, with eating plenty of seafood, nose to tail organs. And of course, I'm talking about wild seafood. I'm talking about free range, grass fed, grass finished uh, uh, animal products. And then we can you know, add in things like uh, coconuts and avocados and olives, and we can do vegetables and we can do fruits. I'm okay with people consuming raw dairy from good sources. So that's really more of like that hunter-gatherer approach. Hunter-gatherer does not mean consuming grains and rice and beans. Uh, and uh, you know, certainly where, where since the 1970s, we've been told to all swallow uh, oatmeal uh, and that's, again, oatmeal and the grains are just not part of what our ancestors consumed since the dawn of human existence. So back to your question about keto, I think naturally we go into ketosis sometimes, and maybe that's more in the winter. So if you're in the Northern Hemisphere again, or in the Southern Hemisphere for that matter, but the majority of people are in the Northern, if it's winter time, we're probably going to veer more towards uh, the heavy meat and seafood based diet because fruits and vegetables are not naturally available, but then in the summertime, uh, and, well, I'm sorry, in the wintertime, we're more naturally in a state of ketosis. And then in the summertime, we'll get more out of that as we consume things like sweet potatoes uh, and fruits and vegetables. Uh, I think that's a good strategy. Can everybody tolerate saturated fat? I think so. I, I mean, again, you know, you know, islands in the South Pacific where they're consuming coconuts and coconut oil-based products for 50, 60% of their diet, they're phenomenally healthy for a variety of reasons, including the coconuts. And the, um, uh, and by the way, they all smoke and yet they're all, and yet they're all doing- uh, Unbelievable, unbelievable. Right? You, know, you know, I mean, as long as they're sticking to their native lifestyle, the cigarettes don't seem to bother them. Obviously we're not condoning the use of, of cigarettes, but um, you know, I mean, back, you know, you know, uh, you know, the, the saturated fat thing, again, it was, it was a, uh, it was an invented problem by Ansel Keys in the 1950s and 60s. It was all sponsored by big ag, uh, big box uh, nutrition companies, Kellogg's, Nabisco, Quaker Oats. And there were a lot of physicians who were against that message, even back in the day, John Yudkin and others. 
that were, who were very, very, very well-respected high-profile nutritionists and PhDs at the time. And um, they, uh, you know, again, it's just, but, but the, you know, the big message, uh, the propaganda won the day because, you know, as we all know, money talks and, and that's where that all went. But saturated fat from animal products, from seafood, from eggs. Uh, what An egg is a cocoon for a baby chicken. It contains every nutrient a chicken needs to come to life. Yeah, you know, try raising a chicken on, on oatmeal. You're not going to get very far. <laughs> very well put. So why do we have so much AFib in this day and age? Everybody I talk to, especially women on hormones, has an AFib diagnosis. Can you answer that question, Dr. Wolfson? Yes, no, I'd love to. Atrial fibrillation is the number one reason why people come to see me in person or do virtual consultations. It is a, it is a major problem for several reasons. Number one is that atrial fibrillation leads to a lot of symptoms, palpitations, shortness of breath, lightheadedness, feelings of fatigue, but also the, the stroke risk associated with atrial fibrillation. And so what happens is now men and women are faced with pharmaceuticals, they're faced with ablation and surgical procedures, and there really is a better way. And I'm not opposed to the use of the pharmaceuticals or ablations in, in these cases. But as you would obviously agree, it's always a last approach, not the first approach that most people are offered. So if we can get to the why, let's become the doctor of cause. Why do you have a fib? And don't tell me that, uh, well, I mean, I, well, you can tell me, but the reality is, is that your doctor said, well, it's genetics or, well, you're just getting older or, well, it's just bad luck. The reality is AFib has a cause. And if we find the cause and causes, it's often reversible, or at the very least, we can help you live better with AFib, or we can make you the healthiest version of you prior to an ablation in order for you to achieve the most amount of success in that procedure. We, if you're going to have the procedure, we want it to work. So do you find that it's a deficiency of magnesium, the heart mineral, that's a basic cause of AFib? Well, you know, that's a great question because a lot of people in the natural space will point to magnesium and I'm, I'm not opposed to magnesium. I think there's definitely a role, but that's where the test don't guess comes in. Atrial fibrillation can be from an omega-3 fatty acid deficiency or an imbalance of omega-3, omega-6. Atrial fibrillation, of course, is linked to inflammation. Let's fix the inflammation. Atrial fibrillation can be linked to a vitamin D deficiency. So maybe the answer is more sunshine. Maybe it is magnesium. Let's test. Maybe it's potassium. Let's test. Maybe it's other nutrients. Maybe it's a leaky gut leading to leaky heart. Maybe it's- Oh, wait a minute. Leaky gut leading to leaky heart. I like that could be the, the, the title of a new book. Well, you've written 35 books, so- uh, feel It's free your to turn, <laughs> yes. Okay. No, no, no. I was going to say, feel free to make that 36. So I'll call off and with you. I'll, so I'll help you on that one. Um, I, I, lo I love that connection. I never heard that. I know the leaky gut certainly is connected to the brain, but not the heart. Wow. Yes. You know, oftentimes people talk about leaky brain and, and really when you have leaky gut, it's just all those surfaces or interfaces start to leak. So we say that in, in, in all truth, that obviously when you have leaky gut, which is an interesting story about how my wife introduced me to that concept as a medical doctor. Like I, I never, of course, heard of that. But when you have leaky gut and the epithelial barrier of the 
of the gastrointestinal lining leaks or lets things in, becomes hyperpermeable. Well, so does the endothelial lining in blood vessels that leads to vascular inflammation, oxidative stress, immunodysfunction, and then ultimately coronary artery disease uh, and, and, and you name it. But, you know, but back to the AFib, um, and a very interesting point too, is that when we test people for leaky gut, one of the antibodies we test for is an antibody to, anti, uh, an antibody to actin. Actin is a protein found in all muscle tissue, including the heart muscle. So if your immune system is attacking your heart muscle, you may get atrial fibrillation. So ultimately, and you know, to finish up this thought about AFib and causation and the importance of testing, the mold mycotoxins can lead to AFib. The environmental toxins can lead to AFib. Toxic metals probably play some role because again, if you look at a, a, a toxic element like cesium or beryllium, those interfere with magnesium. So maybe the problem is not magnesium in and of itself, it's that you have something blocking the function of magnesium like a toxic metal. Makes perfect sense. What about sugar? Hi, my friends. Before I go any further, let me take a moment to, to acknowledge my sponsor, Unikey Health at unikeyhealth.com, which is your universal key to health since 1992. I have been a spokesperson for this company for over 30 years. They're the home of all my weight loss plans, the Fat Blasting Bio Builder, which has been featured in national magazines. They also carry the ultimate brain support and the magnesium multitasker. So whether it's weight loss, internal cleansing, or just targeted health support, go to unikeyhealth.com. Tell them Anne Louise sent you. You know, you know, it's, it's kind of funny, uh, Anne Louise, that when we talk to people and we tell them, hey, listen, if you like coffee, drink organic coffee. If you're going to eat bread, make it a gluten-free bread, preferably mostly with organic ingredients. Um, and the same thing kind of like with sugar. Um, sugar, you know, is, is more difficult in the sense if we tell people to give up sugar, it becomes difficult. And, and I think that that's a good thing. When I, con when I consume sugar, 90 plus percent of the time it is raw honey. But if I have ice cream, it's organic ice cream. If I have chocolate, it's organic chocolate. In no way am I promoting the use of sugar. I don't wanna mislead anyone. I'm not promoting sugar as a health food, but the reality is life is to be enjoyed. And I think you can enjoy your organic sugary treats. You can have your organic fruit. I wouldn't overdo it. And I think also one of my favorite things about fasting and extended duration fast, 36 hour, 72 hour water fast or bone broth fast or however people want to do it. I think it allows you to have your cake and eat it too. It allows you to celebrate some of the things you love in an organic fashion. But then afterwards, maybe you dive into a 36 or a 72 hour fast. And I think that goes a long way towards keeping us healthy and happy. Do you think there's a major difference between a female heart and a male heart? Uh, I do not. Um, I, I, I do not. And it's not that I don't appreciate the, the, the seriousness of females 
uh, and, and cardiovascular uh, uh, issues, because I certainly do. And let me say this, there's a couple real scary things that occur more often in women. One is called spontaneous coronary artery dissection, oh. where there's no coronary artery disease, but essentially the artery dissects and, and ruptures. And that is, a, that is related to stress. And the other one is called Takasubo cardiomyopathy, which is a unique form of heart failure amongst women that is also stress induced. So I think kind of, you know, structurally, like if you look under a microscope, the, the hearts are, are the same histologically. But I think, again, uh, because of hormones, uh, because of, of maybe the way that we handle stress or, or internalize or deal with stress, there can be a difference there. But I will highlight the fact that, again, a lot of times women's symptoms are different than men. Like men present with a heart attack often and they complain of chest pain, chest pressure. And so do women. But sometimes women come into the office and they or into the hospital for that matter saying, I just don't feel right. Or I'm, I, I just, I woke up this morning and I feel really tired. I think we have to pay a lot of attention to making sure there's not a cardiac cause. Interesting. What role do you think triglycerides play? Well, triglycerides, obviously they're, they're a very important nutrient. I mean, uh, you know, certainly, you know, that with your background and you know that so well, but you know, the reality is, is that for every point triglycerides go up, so does cardiovascular risk. <clears throat> so I think that on that 1970s panel, total cholesterol, total LDL and HDL are worthless, but the triglycerides do play uh, something that, that I take a look at. But I, you know, as far as an individual risk factor, I think you know, again, it goes into that whole dysmetabolic syndrome where, where people have the, the high triglycerides, high blood sugar, high fasting insulin, low HDL, higher LDLs, mildly elevated blood pressure, you know, a little tube around the belly, some inflammation. It's all kind of part and parcel with that. And, and, and I don't really think that outside of severe high triglycerides above 2000, uh, that we need to get aggressive. Uh, I mean, I don't believe in the pharmaceutical usage, uh, you know, really at all. But that being said, as far as you know, a lot of times the prescription omega-3 fish oil supplements are used to lower down triglycerides, you and I, I think would both agree that, hey, in that indication, let's just go lower carb and let's just eat a lot of fish. <laughs> but is there a role for pharmaceuticals? I have a friend in the hospital now with a balloon in his chest or in his arm. And he's on all kinds of medication. Would he be a, a candidate to see you eventually? Yeah, hundred percent. You know, my my goal, uh, uh, you know, one of my goals, of course, is the hundred year heart, and we do so by you know reducing and eliminating pharmaceuticals. Uh, the the uh, we know that, again that the people that are under the medical system they die at the average age of eighty. I think we'll live a lot longer when we use nature's wisdom to get where we need to be. Uh, there's a time and a place for pharmaceuticals, but again in a uh, strategic and evidence-based fashion, I look to reduce those pharmaceuticals. I mean, let me, let me take a second and talk about statin drugs. Yes, and obviously please. there's been a lot about statin drugs. Uh, you know, the, the Lipitor, Crestor, Zocor. Lipitor is the number one selling drug of all time in terms of total revenue. Oh it is the God. number one selling drug in the hundreds of billions category. And let me tell you this, and your audience is going to like this. In the, <laughs> I know. In the Journal of the American Medical Association, 
2017. So as you know, obviously you've done so much research. One of the biggest medical journals in the world, JAMA, not the journal of the crazy cardiologist who, uh, who, is, who is a well-known cardiologist, Phoenix top doctor, 10 years in the biggest group. And then he met his chiropractic wife and went off the deep end. No, this is, <laughs> this, this is in JAMA. And JAMA 2017 is called the All Hat LLC trial. What it showed is that people for primary prevention, statin versus placebo, the statin group had an 18% higher risk of dying. Wow. The, the group 75 and older had a 34% higher risk of dying. Now, cardiologists may or may not uh, acknowledge that study. It's not something that a pharmaceutical representative would come in and start bragging about, you know, over a free lunch to the cardiologist. But the, the, um, the cardiologist, if they know about that, they would say, well, you know, other data says otherwise. So another meta-analysis of 21 trials on statin drugs for primary and secondary prevention, so we're talking tens of thousands of patients, showed that on an annual basis, stroke risk is reduced by 0.1% from statins, Heart attack risk is reduced by 0.3% from statins, and the risk of dying is reduced by 0.2%. Oh my goodness. So when we tell people those facts and tell them that it's not about how do we lower your risk of dying in the next year from 5% to 4.8%. It's about how do we reduce your risk to 0%. We know they don't do that because they gave us their data. But I think, again, with the eat well, live well, think well, test, don't guess, evidence-based supplements when necessary, that's the path to the 100-year-plus heart. But why are so many doctors misled? Why aren't there more natural heart doctors like you, Dr. Jack Wolfson? That's a great reason. And, and as you know, I mean, there, there are some like us. And, I'll, and again, I'll give the credit, you know, uh, you know, Stephen Sinatra, of course, uh, was, one of the founding, yes, was one of the founding fathers of holistic cardiology to pave the way, you know, for someone like me. Um, and, and, you know, and, and there's been, you know, others in that arena as well. I, with no, with no insult to them, um, uh, Anne Louise, I talk the talk um, and I walk the walk. In case your audience cares, I'm wearing organic cotton underwear. We, take we care. This we, what kind? What brand? <laughs> the company is called uh, uh, Wear Pact, uh, P-A-C-T. Uh, Wear, uh, W-E-A-R Pact, P-A-C-T. They've got all kind of organic cotton uh, undergarments and t-shirts and, and sweats and stuff like for that. For women so, too, Dr. Wilson, for women oh, too. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Oh, no, I mean, me and my wife wears all that stuff. And it's not possible to get your entire, I mean, I guess it is possible to do your entire wardrobe organically. But please think about that as we're kind of looking at, you know, again, cotton, organic cotton, as opposed to synthetic, you know, garments, plastic, nylon, polyester, you know, some, all these different mixed blends uh, and, and stuff like that. You know, so again, to that point, you know, again, I always eat organic. I never eat gluten. I eat a ton of seafood and nose to tail uh, uh, animal products. Like we turn, you know, we, we do all those strategies that, you know, you know, that you talked about and zapped. 
We, we go to sleep when the, after the sun goes down. We spend the day in and out of the sun with our solar panel exposed. Like we take this to the nth degree. And I'm not saying that these other physicians don't. No, most um, of them, most of them don't. They don't, well, and, they, they, they talk a good game, but they're not walking the walk. You've been to these events. You've seen these. I see what they drink. I see what they drink. They get up on stage and they say one thing and they get off stage and they do another. Like if I say I only drink organic coffee because of all the pesticides and mold mycotoxins and others. And I announce that to the audience and everyone's, you know, nodding their head and then they go have a Starbucks or, or something similar. But, um, so I guess, Yes, I guess that, you know, to, to answer your question, why are other cardiologists not doing this? I think number one, they don't know. Number two, again, I left the biggest group in the state of Arizona and I tried to change those doctors. But one of my favorite books to get this point across is from the early 20th century, my hometown of Chicago. And it's um, um, uh, the, the, the book is called uh, The Jungle, The Jungle, excuse me, by Upton Sinclair. Oh, yes. And the, and, and the quote in there is, it's hard to get a man to understand something when his job depends on him not understanding it. You can't tell cardiologists the truth because it will interfere with their career. And their money. Which is their money. Now, yes. of course, it interfered with my career, and I was able to do something extraordinary out of it. But again, I think there are more holistic cardiologists coming out. I'd love to hire them for my company, Natural Heart Doctors, so we can have locations around the country, around the world. Yes. So anyone who has heart issues, they can go to advanced cardiac specialists of Los Angeles, or they can go to natural heart doctor of Los Angeles and so on and so forth. So that's what I'm trying to achieve. And I think we're going to get a lot of these cardiologists to wake up because again, if we truly went into this business to help people, then, then it should be simple enough to find people to make the change. But, uh, and Louise, it's not easy. I've, I've tried to convert many doctors and um, uh, it, it, it's been difficult. So you you've you've mentioned my book Zap. Do you think EMFs have anything to do with heart disease? Oh, I sure do. You know that. Uh, you know, <laughs> good uh, good uh, lead in question. Yes, and and you knew that before I knew that. So I mean, you know, listen. Um, you know, Martin Paul, PhD researcher, he's done some work in this area. You know, we don't, again, listen, the heart is an electrical organ. We are, we are all electricity as humans. If we create man-made electricity, uh, it has to make, uh, you know, an impact. You know, one of my pet peeves is when people come into my office, you know, you get like the kind of the stereotypical 65, 72-year-old male, and he's got that pocket uh, on the left uh, you know, side of his chest in front of his, you know, for his shirt. And inside the shirt pocket, he's got his cell phone and that's right on top of his heart. Oh so my gosh. I say, you, I can't, I can't talk. I can't think with that cell phone uh, on your heart. So again, please put it on airline mode, uh, airplane mode for this meeting uh, and get it off your body and put it on the desk and let's leave it at that. So, you know, and then also I was in, uh, I was in a, a whole foods a few years ago and there was a young woman in there and she was wearing kind of one of those sports bras and the, and the phone is tucked in under the strap of the sports bra. And I walked up to her and I said, excuse me, uh, I'm a cardiologist. And I just want to tell you that having your phone and all the EMF and all the electricity generated from that, the electromagnetic fields, uh, it's not good for your heart. 
And she said, oh my God, she's like, I've actually been seeing a cardiologist because I've been having terrible palpitations. And I said, why don't you start with getting the phone uh, off your heart? And uh, actually she did make an appointment. She became a patient of mine and she no longer suffers from PACs, PPCs uh, and the like. But you know, some of the simple, and listen, obviously, you know, we live in a wired world. It's, it's pretty difficult to avoid it in total, but simple things, turn off the Wi-Fi router at night, turn off your cell phone, uh, at night, don't sleep. You know, with uh, you know, next to next to a socket in in the wall with uh, with a clock plugged in and stuff like that. Just really focus on trying to minimize your best you can. And, and last thing, I guess, on that thread, please do not wear wireless earbuds ever. Good point. Good point. So, what is the next step? How do we become your client? My whole my whole podcast audience will want to know how do we become your patient? Well, you know, listen, I think that a good start certainly is my book, The Paleocardiologist. And my which book can be purchased, which can be gotten on Amazon. You know, listen, if your listeners want to get uh, uh, the book from the evil empire, that's fine. And I know you've sold <laughs> the books on good, Amazon. Good for you. Like good for you. <laughs> Uh, it is on Amazon, but I would rather people go to a, uh, a URL called freeheartbook.com. And all you got to do is pay uh, a nominal shipping and handling fee for, for my guy and, and shipping my operations director, Chuck, uh, who, who uh, also employs two of his children in our business. So let's support them instead of Amazon. So that's freeheartbook.com. And then if you go to my website, naturalheartdoctor.com, you can find out about how to become a virtual patient, an in-person patient in Arizona. Uh, I do also have a naturopathic doctor who works with me. We're working on hiring another naturopathic physician. And we've got a team of health coaches as well to help to support people. And uh, you know, I don't have to tell you those uh, right now, we've got a team of young, uh, I mean, young women, you know, in their, in their uh, you know, 30s and 40s and 50s. And they are absolutely brilliant and they are on point, on mission to support people to the hundred year heart. And what is your next, then? what is your next step, Dr. Wolfson? Another book, another clinic, worldwide domination of the natural heart. Well, you know, I mean, again, you know, my goal is to get everybody access to this kind of information, right? Because they're seeing the conventional doctors, they're being told aspirin, statin drugs, procedures, ablation, surgeries, and oftentimes there's an alternative. Or again, prior to those surgical procedures, let's make you the healthiest version of you. So as far as I'm concerned, I've got a lot of goals on, uh, on my plate of what I'd like to do. I do want to op open up other locations. I do want to have the most robust cardiovascular health website in the world, and we are doing that. I've got a great team uh, uh, who surrounds me to be able to accomplish that. Uh, February 2023, we'll be coming out with my new book called The 100 Year Heart. Uh, and, and again, what, what we a do wonderful title, The 100 yeah, Year Heart. I, I, you know, I mean, so many people, again, they're just, they're, they're just told it's the end. And, you know, and, and I'll tell you another story. You know, I talked to, I had a patient, you know, a few weeks ago. And he's 52 years old. So he's, he's like my age. I'm 51. He's 52 years of age. And uh, he's had two heart attacks and he has an implanted defibrillator. And he's on uh, 10 different pharmaceuticals. 
And I said, according to them, your life expectancy, okay, what's so the average duration of your life from here is five years. You're 52 years old, your life expectancy is another five years. I said, is that good enough for you? No, or can no, I give no. you the 100 year heart? <laughs> and, he, and of course he said, sign me up, you know? So, so you know, um, I, I do want to train other cardiologists uh, in this arena. I do want to develop more coaches. I love doing live events. I love for, for opportunities for people like us to get together and uh, and celebrate health and wellness. So um, again, I, I'm so appreciative and honored uh, to be on on your show uh, and and again to to talk to your audience. And again, you know, I mean, in your book. I mean, when you think about how so many people still have no idea about EMF, and your book was was a 2010 book zapped. Uh, it, I mean, you were you were just so head of the curve uh, on that. And again, I'm just so appreciative of, of that book and, and all the others. And I, I've told, I've told hundreds, if not a thousand patients uh, to buy your book over the years. How kind of you. Will you come back, Dr. Jack Wolfson, when your new book comes out? I'll be happy to talk anytime about anything uh, with you. And, uh, you know, I do have a podcast as well called The Healthy Heart Show. Um, and we, we went into a hiatus for a little while. And now we're just starting to cook things up uh, again. And I would be honored to have you on as my guest. Very, very sweet. So I want to thank Dr. Jack Wolfson. Thank my listening audience. Remember that the First Lady of Nutrition podcast is now trending in Germany, Sweden, Austria, France, the United States, Canada, and Vietnam. So thank you so much. Have a blessed week. And Dr. Jack Wolfson, stay on the line. Bye-bye, everybody. Shalom and bracha. Please don't forget to subscribe and like First Lady of Nutrition podcast. Thank you so very much.